As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents... Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns with you. Johns is back. You look good, my friend. I, I feel refreshed, a bit rejuvenated. What have I missed? Did I miss the draft? No. It's not. Uh, you missed a great episode with Kevin Fishbane that some have called the greatest Hogan <laughs> Johns episode of all time. I'm sure. Who? Kevin's grandma? Yes. <laughs> Yes. She, uh, she That wouldn't be surprising though. She does listen. Uh, yes, she does. And uh I she per, I have heard she prefers the Kevin Fishbane episodes for good reason on her part. Uh welcome back my friend. It's good to have you here. We have a special episode for you as we get closer and closer to the draft. It's all Dane Brugler. The beast is out. You need to be reading this thing. Um I don't even know the final number of prospects that are in here. I know that's been on Twitter and stuff. It's just, let's just say it's a lot. More, way more prospects than or are going to actually be drafted. I mean, there's just 20 quarterbacks alone uh, as you go through this thing. It's a great way to be prepared for the draft. So uh, if you are an athletic subscriber, you can get the beast on the athletic. And if you're not, you need to be a subscriber because it's worth it. And uh, just for this thing alone, and you can go to theathletic.com slash Hogan John. So Dane Brugler will be joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns on Twitter. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. What week is it? I think I had a mock draft last week. I'm losing track of time. We had 3.0 this week. I, I took yeah. a pass rusher after a trade back, and people are furious. Who, who'd you take? Uh, the guy from Michigan. I'm blanking oh, on his Quiddy name Pay. right now. Yes. Very you took player. a guy you can't even remember his name. Forgot. I'm still on vacation mode. Okay. Still at least you mode. got. Uh, at least you got 
That reminds me. You also have that piece up I read this morning on the perfect draft picks. And I remember something in there that made me really angry. Ooh. I th- was it that you you called Leonard Floyd still the perfect pick at number nine? See, I, I couldn't find... I couldn't make a better argument for anybody else behind him. Maybe Taylor Decker. Maybe Laramie Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil. Yeah, but he's not the perfect pick for the team that drafted him. Why not? He's not on the the team at all. He's not on the Dolphins. Well, just because they made a a weird trade. That's part of it, man. That's part of it. I I know what you're saying. If the Bears had drafted him, though, he'd be a franchise left tackle right now. Yeah, yeah. They probably should. They also probably should have kept Leonard Floyd. Uh, I'm not convinced that Leonard Floyd would be. I, I, I think that's a situation where he goes off to a better place. And I'm 100 percent convinced he'd be better than Robert Quinn, though. Oh, that's true. That's that's 100 percent true. Yeah, I don't know if that makes him a perfect pick. You did you did bring up a good point though. There's not a whole lot of great players in that area of, of that specific draft. So, yeah, and Dak Prescott's in there, just in case you're wondering. Yes, that, that, so check that out. Yeah. would have been a perfect pick for sure. And we would be talking about a lot of different things. But um, hey, the Bears don't have Dak Prescott. So hence a lot of quarterback talk today and always. Uh, but especially as we bring in Dane Brugler here uh, with some outstanding draft talk. And um, he's one of the first people on Zach Wilson. So you're going to want to pay attention. You're going to want to check out the beast as well. So here he is, Dane Brugler. Okay, as we inch closer and closer to the NFL draft, seems I don't know why it seems like it's taking longer this year uh, than usual, but uh, we welcome in our friend Dane Brugler, who you can follow on Twitter, at DP Brugler, and the author of the outstanding thing they call The Beast, which I've been uh, perusing through for the last week or so since it came out, and it is available to our athletic subscribers. So if you are subscribed, you have access to it. And let me tell you, it is worth the price of the subscription alone. Just the beast. Um, and if you're not, then you should be subscribed at theathletic.com slash Hogan John. So do that, and you can read all this outstanding draft information. Dane, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, I think you're right. This, for whatever reason, this draft cycle's just taken a little bit longer than... Uh, than usual, and I'm sure there's there's probably reasons for that that are pandemic related, but uh, I'm ready for it to be here. Dane, as you're putting something like this together, I'm curious when a major trade comes through, like what the 49ers just pulled off. Like, what are your emotions as you're working on this every single day and you see a move like that come to fruition? Well, you know, obviously, uh, in a draft like this, which is unique, uh, with so many quarterbacks at the top, I think we expected something to happen. Uh, we weren't sure was it going to be the Panthers, was it going to be, uh, you know, the the Patriots making a a bold move. We, we thought something was going to happen. We just weren't sure when and you know which team it was going to be. And we're still trying to figure out which quarterback uh, it's going to be. Which quarterback did San Francisco trade out to number three for? So. You know, my first reaction was, oh, Trey Lance, that's perfect fit. Love uh, what he could do in that Shanahan offense. Then all the chatter picked up about Mac Jones and talking to, you know, my buddies around the league. That's 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 what they hear as well. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen, but that's just what the, the chatter is uh, right now around the league. And so... You know, it's uh, you know, I don't I don't do any mock drafts or anything in the in the draft guide. It's just about the players. Um, so thankfully, that trade didn't mess anything up. But 
I, I do have a seven round mock draft uh, coming out uh, tomorrow on the athletic. Uh, so if uh, any trades happen tonight, I'm, I'm not going to be a happy camper. So, yeah, well, we're still trying to figure out if the Chicago bears will try to make s- some type of move to get one of these quarterbacks. Um, but it seems like those options might be limited at, at this point. Um, before we start talking about maybe some of the second tier quarterbacks that, that could be in play potentially for the bears, let me just ask you this. Is this quarterback class at the top worth all the hype? I mean, is it worth the possibility that we're... I mean, it seems obvious that three quarterbacks are going one, two, three. Maybe it's going to be four. Maybe it's going to be five in a row. Is this class worth the hype? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just on the surface, uh, we've only had quarterbacks go one, two, three twice before, uh, and it hasn't happened since 99. So, this is a rare occurrence. Um, and you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's been anointed to be the guy since day one. So, you know, no no big surprise there. Um, Zach Wilson, with, with what he did this past season at BYU, uh, really announcing himself as uh, a, a legitimate top of the draft type of quarterback prospect. And then with Justin Fields and Trey Lance, uh, two guys that, you know, we knew were high on the radar coming into this season. And I don't think they did anything to necessarily hurt that. Um, obviously, you know, Trey Lance only had one game to play. But you look at Justin Fields, and there were some low points for him uh, throughout the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, all in all, it was a, a positive season for him, I mean, leading his team to the national title game. You know, being uh, right there in the mix, uh, you know, talking about a Heisman conversation and, you know, setting records at Ohio State. So, you know, all these quarterbacks – they're they're deserving of top ten consideration. You throw Mac Jones in there. I mean, he kind of has taken the the Joe Burrow route from you know mid round pick to possible top ten pick. And so I think the thing that we need to remember, all of us, uh, these quarterbacks, as talented as they are, I mean, they're like it's like ice cream, you know, different flavors, uh, it, but it's all good. So, you know, one team might prefer Mac Jones, another team might prefer Trey Lance. And it it just, it comes down to preference. It comes down to scheme, what you're looking for. Certain teams value certain traits differently in quarterbacks. You know, you look at Mac Jones and some people look at that and say, how the heck could he go number three overall? And okay, well, let's just boil it down. If you're going to list the most important traits at the quarterback position, where do you start? Accuracy, decision-making. Those are top two. Uh, Those are non-negotiable. And you could argue that Mac Jones is a, a well above average in both those areas. You just have to decide, is he good enough in everything else? You know, the mobility, uh, the arm strength, uh, you know, all these other uh, other qualities that you ideally want in a quarterback. So it's, uh, it's a really interesting group of quarterbacks, one through five. Uh, and then that's where there's a little bit of a drop off. Um, and then things get a little muddied in terms of the next quarterbacks off the board. Davis Mills would be your next quarterback so characterize that gap if you can from Mac Jones to to Davis Mills and then the guys after that Kyle Trask Kellamon like how how far apart are those guys from even a Davis Mills in, in your evaluations I mean it's there's a lot more um a margin of error when you talk about the, that next tier of quarterbacks there's a lot more room where you know there's you're hoping that it, it works out but there's a lot more reason to have doubt um, with aside from the top five, with Davis Mills, eleven career starts. You know the sample size is not there that you want. Uh, the knee is a big issue. Uh, just you know you heard it back in high school and it was an issue for him throughout uh, throughout college. 
if the, if my medical staff says, hey, the knee looks good, uh, it's not going to be a long-term problem. I mean, could he al- always re-injure it? Sure, that's possible. But there's nothing that says that it's going to be an issue just by itself, uh, the, the pre-existing injury. That, that would be a huge step and, you know, bump up Davis Mills maybe even a, a little bit more. Uh, the sample size isn't great, but what he has put on tape, you feel really good about. Uh, you know, you watch him uh, in, in the final game that he played at the college level against UCLA. He led his team back uh, with an overtime win in that game. And I think he put everything on uh, display, uh, but what time of, type of player that he is. Um, love him over the middle of the field. He's really good working the middle of the field. Really good touch. He's a very loose passer with the way he moves. So you're talking about a guy who's still figuring things out. Only 11 starts, like I said. He was 6-5 and five in those starts. Um, he's still figuring out the throws he should and shouldn't make. But he can move around for a guy that's 6'4", 220. Uh, he's not a statue in the pocket. And he's a very confident passer. So uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Davis Mills. If I get the right value for him, which is somewhere in the mid-day two range, then I would feel really good about drafting him and, and develop, developing him with the idea that he would be my long-term starter. As you look at these quarterbacks, how much stock do you put, and in, in maybe especially with some of these uh, middle-tier guys, in, I, I guess, which way the arrow was pointed in their final collegiate se- season? Because I see Davis Mills as a guy who... You know, for whatever reason, whether it was the knee, other things, KJ Costello being there, they had to beat out. He finally seemed to start hitting his stride this year, and you see positive things coming into the picture right at the end of his college career, even though the sample size ends up being pretty limited. And on the other end, I look at Kellen Mond, who a lot of people like for a lot of good reasons. I mean, he is he is a more dynamic athlete. Man, that guy seemed like he was in college forever, and I kept waiting for him to be, you know, the superstar. And it seemed like, especially the last two seasons, he never quite made that jump. Yeah, and my favorite part of the draft process is understanding uh, the journey that each one of these guys go on. Uh, you know, from when they start playing football until now, who do they have to beat out to get on the field? What type of recruit were they? Or were they a five star coming in and expected to be the guy? Were they maybe a little underrated? Uh, you know, like a, like a Kyle Trask who you know was a backup in high school. Like all of that is relevant information and it helps us understand. Not who only, you know, where they've been, who they are, but also where they're headed. Uh, it says a lot about them. So, you know, with Davis Mills, he redshirts his first year, still recovering from the injury, doesn't play in 2018 because of KG Costello. He is able to beat out KG Costello in 2019 and basically forces Costello to transfer. And he is the guy in, in, in 2020, started every game. The only game he did miss is because of a, a false positive uh, for, a, in a, for a COVID test. Uh, he, he missed the opener in the, the pandemic-shortened season in the Pac-12. So, you know, that's his story. With Kellen Mond, you're right, a four-year starter uh, out of IMG Academy, you know, highly recruited, and there are positives to take away. You look at his completion percentage every year, and it incrementally went up, which is a great thing to see. Uh, his interceptions, uh, you know, the turnovers, much improved from his younger years. But I don't know. If you're going to – okay, let's – if you're listening to this and you want to go scout Kellen Mond, I would suggest to watch the Florida tape and the LSU tape. I think that's the high and the low. And really, that's what it comes down to for me with Kellen Mond is the inconsistency is you will watch the Florida tape and you will see some big-time throws, uh, a guy that's uh, leading his team to an important victory late in the game, just doing everything that his team needs him to do. 
And then you throw in the LSU game and it's just sloppy play. And the defense is showing him things that he just doesn't know what to do. He's not reacting the right way. And you just, you're not sure which Kellen Mond you're going to get. And so that inconsistency is my, personally, my biggest issue with him. But a team's going to focus on that Florida tape and say, listen, I know he can do this. We just have to eliminate some of the bad habits, get him, you know, we'll coach him up and we'll make sure that this is the guy that is playing for us week in and week out. And I have no doubt that a team is going to take that approach, which ultimately might be the right approach. Uh, You know, it just comes down to, you know, if you think you can get the consistency you want out of him with your coaching. So if you're the Bears and you're stuck looking at these second tier QBs, obviously, 20 may be a bad spot to pick a quarterback, especially if those top five are off the board. Like, when's the right time to, to make a move for these second-tier guys? Like, I, I, I'm from what I'm hearing, you might have to overdraft one of these guys. You may have to ignore your board a bit and take a reach if you want one of these quarterbacks on your roster. And most quarterbacks are overdrafted, if we're being honest. You know, the Dak Prescotts are rare. You know, that just doesn't happen. Um, So, you know, most quarterbacks do have to be overdrafted just because there's always going to be a demand and not enough supply. So, uh, you know, you're looking at day two. I I don't think we're going to see more than the five quarterbacks in the first round. We'll see uh, the five likely go in the top ten. You know, Lawrence is going one. Wilson, uh, we believe, is going two. And then things get really interesting with what happens in San Francisco. What does Atlanta do? And then who gets that fifth quarterback? Is it, uh, you know, the Broncos? Uh, could it be? I, I, I can't rule out the Panthers, even though they did trade for Sam Darnold. The Patriots, uh, you know, could Washington make a move? We don't think Chicago is going to make a move. So it'll be interesting with the top five. And then when you talk about six, seven, eight, you know, we believe that'll be Davis Mills, uh, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, in whichever order you're probably looking at the second round Um, and you know, maybe one of those guys like maybe Mills and Mond go second Trask ends up going third. Uh, You know, that would make some sense. I think to me, Kellen or uh, Kyle Trask is, is uh, Mason Rudolph. I think they're carbon copy of each other. Uh, And, and, you know, I think just by looking at the, the resume, watching their tape, Second round's a little rich for for Mills and Mon, but it's it's a quarterback position. So if you have shown at least the ability uh, or the potential to be a starter in this league, chances are you're going to be overdrafted. And I think a team's probably going to have to do that in the second round this year to get either of those two quarterbacks. Let's go back to the top of the quarterback class. How big is the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson? Because the more and more I watch Zach, the more and more I, I like him. But obviously... I mean, there's there's no denying how good Trevor Lawrence should be. If you're gonna create a quarterback, I mean, it's gonna look something like Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, he's he's quick in everything he does, uh, both mentally and physically. Uh, you know, I I don't know that I would call him a generational quarterback, but I would call him a generational talent. Uh, when you just you break down everything that he offers, it's. It's really impressive, uh, both not only just on the field, but also off the field. The intangibles, which we know are so important um, in in the NFL, being a leader, doing the right things. Um, you know, just the, the 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 football character, the personal character. So he checks all those boxes. Um, I mean, really, the only negative that you look at him is you know coming in at 213 pounds at uh, for a guy that's uh, you know six six was a little surprising. I mean, you want to see more meat on the bones there, just. Durability wise, more body armor. So, you know, just adding more weight, I think that's, you know, something that teams want to see. 
But, you know, one of the big reasons Urban Meyer took the Jacksonville Jaguars job is because he knew Trevor Lawrence would, would be his guy. So, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, no question. With Zach Wilson, you know, I, I took some heat in the fall when I, you know, I wrote an article on The Athletic in October uh, saying that he's – Zach Wilson's in a quarterback two mix. There's no question. And, you know, I posted, you know, some all 22 clips and explained why. And, you know, people weren't ready to accept it yet. Uh, people, I think they are now. I mean, just uh, the talent that he has is so, so impressive. Um, his off-platform stuff is is, is so good. Uh, the way he can move, the way he makes uh, these quick decisions. And really, to me, that's what separates Wilson from Lance and Fields, in my opinion, is, and this is a, a Bill Walsh thing. He always talked about the difference between good and great at the quarterback position was the ability to make the great spontaneous decision. And, you know, you watch Fields and he's just a little too methodical. And I think he can speed that up. I don't you know. I, I, I would gladly take Justin Fields in the top 10 if my team needed a quarterback. But the ability to make that spontaneous decision is what makes Zach so impressive because it's it's always on time. It's always accurate. Um, he just has that that whip of an arm where, you know, he can be off platform outside of structure and make something happen. Uh, sometimes he's a little too quick to abandon the pocket. Uh, there are times where, you know, he is a little too frenetic, uh, you know, want to see him be a little more controlled, but it works for him. And, you know, he's a true junior. He's he's 21 years old. He, he's going to grow and develop and get better. So uh, I'm a big fan of, of Zach Wilson as well. And I don't think I ever really answered your question because I don't I don't know that I know how because it's, it's tough because these guys are so good. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is such a, like I said, a generational talent, but it, it's easy to like Wilson as well. So if you're the Bears and you're now stuck at 20, obviously, like we said, quarterback's kind of out of the question here. And I think in Chicago, a lot of fans have become obsessed with these offensive tackles. So some advice for you. Don't dare draft an outside linebacker at number 24 in your mock draft. They love these offensive tackles. Is, is that like the perfect range for some of these best guys at, at tackle number 20? Or could they potentially wait to the second round and really earn some value, get some value in some of these other guys? Yeah, the tackle conversation this year is different. It, you know, it's just because it, we're not used to having this, uh, you know, log jam of tackles on day two. Uh, you know, usually you better get your tackle in the first round or you're out of luck. Uh, you know, you look around the league and there's always exceptions. Uh, you know, guys that you find later in the draft, um, you know, who end up hitting and uh, being, being good starters. That will happen. But for the most part, you're looking at the first round where that's where you find your tackles. This year, I, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, they're going to be the first two tackles drafted, um, both of them somewhere in the top 12 picks. And then that's where things get a little murky in terms of, okay, who's that next tackle? Because there's different opinions around the league. Some really like Christian Darisaw, which understandably, some prefer Tevin Jenkins. Uh, there's there's some out there that look at Samuel Cosby out of Texas and say we'll we'll bet on that athleticism, uh, you know we'll bet on that player uh, Liam Meikenberg, the veteran savvy that he brings to the field. Uh, there's some teams that are really high on him. Um, Alex Leatherwood, who I graded as a guard, but some teams want to keep him at tackle and think he could be a, a long term starter. Walker Little from Stanford is really intriguing, having not played basically in two years. But, you know, the talent, the trajectory that he was on at that time said, OK, maybe a future first round pick. So uh, there, there's a, a Brady Christensen as well, BYU, who, uh, you know, just had a fantastic year uh, you know, protecting uh, Zach Wilson's blind side. So there's a lot of tackles this year and it, it'll be interesting to see. I, don't, I, I think there'll be a few surprises here. 
uh, because there is just different orders and rankings. It's not like there's one defined ranking that every team is going by. Some teams will have Sam Cosby as the third tackle off the board. Some love Dylan Radins. You know, it's just it's different from team to team. And so I, I do think that they could find value in the second round because there are so many of these tackles. You just have to, you know, if, if you're the Bears, it just comes down to, do you really like, after Sewell and Slater, who do you really like? Is there a tackle that you see that's head and shoulders above the rest of these guys? And you don't want to wait because you don't want to be stuck with plan C, D, or E. You want to take your guy. And I certainly understand that thinking. Um, it just, you know, we'll see who will be there. Will Darisaw still be on the board? Tevin Jenkins? So I do think that that pick at number 20 could be the sweet spot. Uh, if they want to get, if you want to upgrade the tackle position and you don't feel as great about that next level of tackles, that may or may not be there for you on day two. Let me tell you, both of you, this uh, Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager, has you both right where he wants them, thinking he's not trading up for a quarterback. And John's, <laughs> you should know better. I, you should know better. They're going to have to give up the house, so the building. So, <laughs> hey, they were going to do it for Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, that is. Uh, so, Dane, let me ask you this. If uh, if you heard out of nowhere on draft night, and he's done this before, shocking everybody, the Bears were trading up to number four for Trey Lance, what would be your reaction? Good move? Yeah, go get your quarterback. Uh, and, you know, take a swing. You know, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, so be it. But I, I'd rather have my chance at bat than to... Uh, you know, be on deck and not get that chance. So, yeah, I, I, if you, I mean, Trey Lance is an easy player to like. When you look at the projectable body, you look at uh, some of the natural accuracy that he has. It, it could be inconsistent at times, but he's a natural thrower. And this isn't a guy that's been a quarterback, you know, with uh, learning from quarterback gurus since he could walk. And he, he played safety as a senior in high school, uh, along with quarterback. Minnesota recruited him as a safety. Like, this is a guy who has, still has a lot of ability uh, it, it, that's untapped. And, you know, he's going to get better in some areas. So um, I, I would be all for that if they figure out a way to make it happen without just completely mortgaging the future. Obviously, going from 20 to 4 is going to take multiple first-round picks. You are taking a big risk, and that would it, it would take a lot. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think that it would be I would be in favor of it um, as long as they're not you know giving up uh, too much to make the move happen. One of Does, the uh, real quick, John's one of the uh, as a Wisconsin Badger, I had to laugh reading the Beast. I read this in the Beast. I didn't know this until I read it. It's one of the reasons why you should be checking this out from Dane Brugler. Uh, so Minnesota offered Zach Wilson, didn't get him. Uh, he goes to BYU. They only recruited Trey Lance as a safety, though. So they maybe they could have had two of the top quarterbacks in this draft uh, as a gopher, and they, they blew it. Sorry. It just quarterback's tough, huh? I mean, at every level, it's tough to figure these guys out, I guess. I don't because it's not like, you know, the, 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 the Bears are just, you know, you know, not as good as evaluating the quarterback position as others. Uh, you know, every it, it's tough. There, there's a margin of error with all these guys. Um, and it's just, you know, college uh, recruiting, uh, NFL drafting, it's tough. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, history tells us that of the, of the five quarterbacks that are likely to go in the top, uh, top 10 picks that, you know, uh, half of them are going to bust and, and not live up to it. And so uh, right now, these guys are, 
you know, we're, we're talking all, all, all positive about them, how good they're going to be. But history tells us it's not going to be the case when we look back five, six years from now. It's like Sam Darnold, right? Here are the Jets back in the top five, looking at number two, right. Zach Wilson. Does, does, does the de- desperation of all this ever shock you? I, I feel like in recent years, maybe the past 10 years, you've seen teams really get aggressive to try to find these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So for a guy who analyzes the draft, does the desperation, the the selling of the future, the mortgaging the future, like you said, does it ever surprise you? Does it ever scare you as you go through these guys? I mean, it has to because, like I said, the history tells us that no matter you know how strongly you feel about a player, there's at least a degree of okay, this this might not work out, um, and because there's so many variables here, you just don't know guys, you know, in the personalities, um, you know, when how they're going to mix in an, a veteran locker room, uh, you know, are they going to mesh with uh, the coaching staff? Um, you know, there's just so many different areas that are tough to figure out pre-draft. Now, you know, I think that there are some teams that do it maybe a little more smart uh, than others. But, uh, you know, like the Panthers, they were ready to be aggressive. And instead of trading up to three or four to get one of these quarterbacks, they're going the Sam Darnold route, which is an interesting move. You know, it just every team, every franchise looks at this a little bit differently. um, And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, you know, some, you know, the Jaguars were able to lose all their games to get Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. That's, you know, that's how it worked out. The Chiefs were able to move up to get Pat Mahomes. It worked, you know, that's how it worked out for them. It's just each one, it, there's no exact way, exact path to get your quarterback. It just part of it, a little bit of it is, is luck. Let's be honest, uh, you know, in terms of the right situation, uh, the right quarterback being there. And so, you know, but uh, the evaluation is a big part of it as well. As far as other positions that could maybe spur movement uh, in, in the draft, I don't know if it's tackle, cornerback. I think you got uh, receivers leads the way in your top 100, right, with 14 or 15 players. Like, yeah. if you're the Bears and teams come calling for number 20, I'm curious, like, what positions do you think could be in serious play or which players maybe could be in serious play late in the first round as teams get aggressive for other positions, not quarterback? We could be maybe looking at corner, um, you know, you have Patrick Sertan and JC Horn likely to go in the top 15. And then, you know, where's Greg Newsom go? Um, you know, the, you look at the teams picking right after uh, the the Bears at, you know, 21, 22, 23. Uh, you know, you have what the, the Colts, uh, the Titans and the Jets. So two, uh, three teams that could use a corner. Uh, you know, we could see a team maybe move up to, to 20 to get Greg Newsom or whoever they feel is the next best corner. They don't want to miss out on their guy. Um, you know, could you know, there's, you know, pass rushers. This is a weird year for pass rushers where we're not going to have a pass rusher top 10. But in the back half of round one, we could see a run on these guys. And, you know, it's another position where we could see them going 21, 22, 23. So if a team really covets Aziz Ajilari out of Georgia or Jalen Phillips out of Miami, whichever one they want. Maybe we see them try to move up to to 20 to ensure that they get their guys. So uh, looking at who's picking right after the Bears and then looking at some of the strengths of the, the back half of round one, those two positions uh, and players stand out as as possibilities that, yeah, you, that's why you keep the phone phone lines open and, and maybe something, you know, gets get your attention and makes sense for your franchise. So I apologize for putting you on the spot here, but... Uh- you said earlier that you really enjoy like learning the backstories of all these prospects, all yeah. the homework you do on these guys. Well, give us a great story of maybe a prospect we don't know about or don't know the background of, because there's always great stories. 
No question. And there, there's a lot of them in here. Uh, a couple tight ends. Um, you've got uh, Jacob Harris uh, out of uh, UCF, who's a wide receiver tight end. He's 220 pounds. Uh, he grew up playing soccer. Uh, that that was his, that's what he thought he was going to be in the MLS. Um, didn't play football until his senior year. And it, that was only just to have some fun with his buddies. He goes to Florida Gulf Coast on a scholarship for soccer. And after a week, he he had that itch for football. And so he walks on at Western Kentucky, gets homesick, goes back home, walks on at UCF, and then gets better and better and better. This past year as a senior, he had eight touchdowns. Um, and then he blew up his pro day. 6'5", 220 pounds, 4'4'0 in the 40, uh, a 6'5", three cone, just ridiculous uh, numbers for a guy that size. Big time special teams player, so I'm going to draft him on uh, you know somewhere in that you know round five, round six, and I feel good about what he's going to give me on special teams while I try to develop him as a big slot receiver or a tight end and see what I get out of him. Um, Zach Davidson, Central Missouri, another tight end who's a late round uh, draft pick. He was a punter only as a junior in high school, uh, and he was thinking about giving up the sport and just playing, focusing on basketball. And they gave him the coaches said, well, "We'll give you a shot to maybe try out tight end a little bit." So he does it, and he kind of liked it. And he goes to Central Missouri on a, a, a punting scholarship. And they also said, you know, we'll put a little uh, footnote in there that we'll also let you try out a tight end. Okay, well, he does. And next thing you know, yeah, he's a 6'5", uh, or 6'6", 245-pound uh, tight end who just no one could cover him last year as a junior. Uh, didn't play this year because of the pandemic. So a couple of these tight ends, really, really interesting backstories. All right, Dane, quickly, can you tell us who who you have at number 20 for the Bears and why in your, in your mock draft? I'm going to go uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, Oklahoma State, the right tackle. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, there's no such thing as a safe pick. It just doesn't exist. But you feel like you know what you're getting. Very unique with his power. He's got experience at left tackle. He's got experience at guard. So I think he's a plug and play uh, starter and someone that's going to help your offense from day one. So, uh, quick follow up to that. Then, if you draft a guy like Tevin Jenkins, what would you do with him right away? Is he a guy you, you said plug and play? The Bears do have Charles Leno on the left side, right. maybe a little bit more iffy with Jermaine Effetti on the right. So, how would you handle that as a rookie? Yeah, I think you uh, plan a, a right tackle competition going into training camp, and you know, let the best man start. Um, if if it emerges, or if you think that the best five, getting the best five on the field means Jenkins sliding inside the guard, then maybe you think about that. But, you know, I think you, you don't predetermine, you know, you, you, because he does have some experience elsewhere that gives you a little bit of versatility to, to maybe mix and match. Maybe you move in Fetty inside, um, you know, which I know he's done before. So, you know, I, I think you leave it open to the training camp and say, let's just, you know, let's get the five best on the field and we feel good about the guys we're bringing to camp. All right, Dane. Awesome information as always. We appreciate it. Our listeners should be following you on Twitter at DP Brugler, of course, over the next couple weeks and year round because you get great insights in September about who's going to be the number two quarterback and everybody doubts it. It turns out that's also the case. So, uh, Dane, thanks so much. Thanks, Dane. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And just a reminder, if you are already an Athletic subscriber, you can get The Beast. It's a download, so it's a PDF download. You download it. I have it on my uh, tablet right here, um, and it's just there for you. Great draft reference. The rest of these next, uh, what are we, two and a half weeks away from the draft now at this point? 267 uh, pages. Yeah. That's why it's called The Beast. So if you want to like these nostalgic draft readers... Like this is like perfect for you. Like those, remember those old draft magazines, Pro Football Weekly. You see, yeah. Like and, and like there was used to be a, a ton more out there. Like this is part of it, but it, it's modern. It's got good graphics, easy to read, lots of info from Dane as always. And if you want, I believe you can print it out. I mean, that's a lot of pages, but maybe send it off to Kinko's. Is Kinko still a thing? I don't know. What year Staples? is it? Staples? No, Fed. I mean, I would FedEx store. One of those stores. They can print it for you, or you can do it at home. Whatever you want. Or you can just keep it on your laptop. That works, too. A um, lot of different... It's just full of great information. So make sure you check that out. And if you, I'm telling you, it's worth it for the subscription alone. So if you're not subscribed, you're still holding out. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go check it out right now. Uh, and you can find the beast as well as uh, all of Adam's Adam Johns' mock drafts that make people angry. You can see those, I'm here too. for you. I'm here uh, for your frustrations. <laughs> any final thoughts, my friend? I like the Jenkins pick. Yeah, I do too. He's uh, how growing could you not? Me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Like you said, there's no such thing as a safe pick, but that seems like a pretty solid pick for if the Bears stand pat. Maybe they can even trade back a spot or two, pick up an extra pick somewhere, then make that pick. Be okay. Yeah, and the hit rate on offensive linemen is usually pretty good in late, you know, to to middle for, middle to late first round. So yeah, safe. No one likes using that word, but I think this applies here. He also has like if you read the beast, the the tenacity that Jenkins plays with, I feel yeah. like has been long overdue for the Bears' offensive line, and and so, probably sorely missed since Kyle Long uh, retired than unretired. But he's not here. You know what I mean. There are other NFL teams, we've talked about this before on this podcast, who do not think the Bears play physical enough. And I think there's a good case to be made for that. So if you can add a, a nasty guy like that up front, that would uh, that would certainly help. Weren't there books when we were kids that we read called The Beast? Were those Goosebump books? Was that a Goosebump book? Well, every time I hear the reference to The Beast, I think of Sandlot. Oh, Yeah. Like that's the beast, the big dog. Mm-hmm. Chases Bane the jet around. There's something like with the beast and a roller coaster. Someone's gonna listen to this and know exactly what I'm talking about and tweet it at us. I guarantee it. Someone knows what I'm talking about. Um, usually every episode there is one person who understands what I'm talking about. That's really all I'm shooting for on this podcast <laughs> to, to be understood. Then, then it becomes a success if just one person. It's hard, guys. I, I've been trying, so help me out here. Yeah, we said the bar. Sometimes I just high. smile and shrug and say yes. <laughs> That's mostly what you do. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, it helps my confidence. Uh, all right. 
We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Uh, I have plenty of draft coverage coming up. You have the mock draft 3.0. Dane Brugler has his seventh round mock. You're going to want to check out on The Athletic. So check it out on TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And uh, this will be our only episode this week. But next week, back to two episodes a week as we dive into the draft. We will be that way probably for a while uh, until maybe our usual summer hiatus. So all that's coming up uh, next week. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.